Welcome everybody to the first episode of the PBE GM podcast. Um, this is still a working progress, if you will. Um, the goal of this podcast is to get to know current and hopefully former GMs of PBE and that they can share the experience insight of the league uh, and things that GMs do and we can focus on different topics uh, throughout throughout the series and and see uh, I guess a behind the scene peek and just to teach people you know what it what GMing is uh, in the PBE and probably uh, well I guess some of it would, would would be applicable to other sim leagues as well but our obviously our focus here is the PBE uh, and um, for our first episode we have Bailey who is the GM of the Outer Bank A Aviators and Person Man the GM of the Death Valley Scorpions and uh, these are two of the longest tenure GMs in this league well yeah in terms of total years uh, uh, Bailey has some gaps in between but overall he's been around for 20 24 years uh, 24 seasons and uh, person man is at 29 I believe <clears throat> and uh, uh, I hope to get more GMs down the road and really share their experience their ups and downs of GMing it, it, it's a very fun thing and very fascinating aspect of this league uh, and I would admit that since the day I joined I was very curious of it and and uh, it's been a learning experience since uh just to <laughs> uh when we were recording this at the beginning uh i realized that for some reason uh obx uh, obs wasn't recording my mic and it was like a good like few minutes in before uh it dawned on me uh, i'm gonna try to re-record my parts and fill in the gaps but i'm gonna leave in the part where i realized my mic wasn't working because it's hilarious uh but either way i uh we want to feel in the future we're gonna feel questions from people um about different aspects of gming as well that we could really uh, share on this podcast uh and and hopefully it'll be a fun time uh, i i had a a lot of fun talking with those guys and and um it really could have gone on for for much much longer uh the only reason i had to stop was because uh we recorded this in the middle of the day uh, uh partially because that's when bailey was available uh pm is now in somewhere in europe and you know in the future and uh so i had my lunch break and, and that's when we did this recording so uh so I, I kind of wish that we could have flushed it out a little bit more, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to the BBE GM podcast. First off, how are you guys doing today? doing well yeah i'm excited about this to talk a little bit more about gming and 
Um, really excited about this podcast. I haven't done a podcast in forever, and I don't think I've either done one with either of you, so I'm excited for this. It should be fun. I don't think I've done a podcast with Bailey. I think I may have done one with Person Man before. I really don't remember. Yeah, I feel like we must have at some point. I I guess we'll start with Bailey um, first. How long have you been GMing here in the PB, and when when did you start? Yeah, so I became a GM originally in the first season. Um, I founded OBX uh, with CK Royal at the time, Um, and then I've had a few stints as GM. Um, So, you know, I started, like I said, in in season one with, with CK, uh, CK took over for a while there, and I came back, I think it's 11 seasons ago now as an interim GM. Um, still interim. Yes, and you won't take that from me. No one can take that from me, so that's still a thing. Um, and I think I just passed CK as the longest GM or co-GM. Oh, there's no co-GM anymore, but longest reigning GM for OBX, so... Yeah, I think he was 20, he was like 21 seasons, and I think this is my 24th um, total. Um, but it, it, it's funny with OBX, we've kind of stayed within like, I think five, I think there's only been five ever GMs of OBX, um, AW, Stennett, CK, and, um, and Raze. I think that's really been mostly who it's been. So that was kind of my experience. I've been here for a while, seen so many different changes from, you know, obviously from season one. Um, it's been, it was crazy even starting the league. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a while for sure. So what was one thing you wish you knew when you first started GMing? Now, granted, it was season one and the league is is in in its infancy and pretty much uh nobody knew (laughs) what they were doing and uh but yeah what what was something that you you know looking way back when yeah it was it was season one i i'll never forget the the world series world series of season one too just our bullpen absolutely collapsed and we end up losing uh, like in extras in game six and last in game seven. But uh, one thing I, I would say is like things pr- won't go to what you plan it will. More than often, it won't. Um, and you just really have to be willing to adapt and change your plan. Like there's so many things that won't go to what you think it's going to be. And even you might make the best draft picks at the time or the best trades at the time may not work out. And, it, you know, we're all, we're all, we're all dealing with, you know, obviously we're working with a lot of people that have lives and stuff like that too. So things come up and things don't go the way you plan and just be, you know, don't take it, I guess, like personally and don't take it like, you know, sometimes it's hard to do that when you're, to like build a team or rebuild a team and things don't go and you're like what am i doing wrong what am i doing wrong like we're all here to have fun we're all enjoying it like we all you know we do take this a little serious but you know it's all about like just enjoying the time with the people that you may you may meet you may never meet but you know it's really just creating that and building that relationship with people that all have the same interests and hobbies and and want to just have fun in the locker room and and uh, just chatting with each other. So I think 
when I started, I took it very seriously, and I think I end up like definitely burning out on that stuff. And now, like you know, I just kind of take it as it comes and enjoy, you know, the time with the people, and and then expect things probably not to go the way you exactly planned them. It's hard too, right? We're we're all playing sort of a game here, right? And and just being accepting the fact that maybe you're not winning that 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 sucks. Like, there's no doubt about it that that's not the most fun thing. Um, Oh no. Uh -oh. And just uh -huh. like being a GM, oh sometimes things don't work out how you Oh my goodness. Like, Alright. Well that was perfect. Dumb. Oh my Literally goodness. Perfect. I I didn't check that. I was checking all your stuff and then I was like, ah. Oh, okay. I guess I could try to Well, I I'll I'll fudge it. <laughs> I'll I'll fudge it. <laughs> Oh, that man. just means that, that means that means that means I just need to re-record the the other section and 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 figure out like what I said. Oh my goodness! Well, okay, and, not and the first time. Welcome, not, welcome not, not to the, the mindset time. of a GM. Roll not, intro. <laughs> roll in, not the first time. Not the first time. I, I actually did this. Um, I, I one of the podcasts I did with AJ. Like, like it turned out like, like my mic was not actually functioning all the way and I was like cutting out for the most part when I listened back and I had to like re-record all my parts <laughs> oh my goodness to kind of make it semi like anyways but we're but anyways onward <laughs> onward okay so so uh so so PM uh uh turning to you uh can you let us know about your history of uh, being a GM here in PBE, and and how did you get started? Yeah, so I joined the league in season nine, um, just as a player. Got drafted to Death Valley. Um, pretty quickly, with them, I got invited to join the War Room. Uh, Death Valley has always had and still does have a pretty large War Room. Like at times where you know, maybe more than half the team <laughs> is in there. Um, not not uh, that everyone is you know helping out you know in every aspect of running the team, but mainly so we can all gossip about the league uh, together. <laughs> uh, but, but besides the point, um, I, I joined the war room maybe in season ten or season eleven at the latest, and you know I, I got pretty involved in there. Um, you're trying to help out as much as I could with scouting, trying to help out, you know, or at least just kind of learn how your budgeting worked. And, you know, you know the GMs at the time, Matt Fava and Troutner, were running the team. Um, and then in season 13, I joined KC15 to uh, start up the Kansas City Hepcats. Um, so I worked with him on, you know, doing kind of the scouting for you know, for that draft as well as create a strategy for the miners expansion draft um you know worked together with him and he had put together the locker room completely on his own he, he had a logo so most of the work was on, it was done by kc and then i kind of helped just to you know put the actual team together um so i did that with him for about a week and a half and then really i mean kind of out of nowhere uh, trotner stepped down from uh, being the co-GM of Death Valley, and I, you know, uh, applied for for that position, and I got it. So uh, I, I worked with KC for a couple of weeks, uh, helped <laughs> and then I left him. I, 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 felt, I felt awful about it. I, I just, 
I had just started with him, and, and, and like I, I was really into it too. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. he was a great GM for that team to start off. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed working with him, and you know, but uh, my goal, at least ever since kind of joining the league, or really maybe after my first season in the league, like I knew what I wanted to do was be a GM, uh, and so the opportunity pre- presented itself. I apologize profusely to KC. Um, one of the things that he did for me that you know I'm still thankful for is that you know, I kind of I mentioned to him that you know Death Valley was you know think about getting a new co-GM. Um, I told him I was interested. Apologized, you know, if I you know, may leave really soon. Uh, and then without telling me, apparently KC had typed up a whole message to my father, uh, basically you know just giving me praise for the week that I was working. Uh, <laughs> KC's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he is. He is. Uh, and, and yeah, and it's season 13, maybe like a week into the season or like during the first week of the regular season, I became the co-GM of the Death Valley Scorpions. And then I was a co-GM for season 13, 14, and 15. And then season 16, I became the main GM. Um, and I've been that uh, ever since. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I've been with Death Valley as a GM for now. Uh, this is my 29th season, so almost 30 seasons with the team um, GMing. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and yeah, we've had a, a lot of fun, uh, some success. We just won the last World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, uh, it, it's it's kind of rare that that there's not a lot of teams that have that long uh, stability, I should say. Um, be behind behind uh, uh, the tenure because you, you've seen other teams and and there's been a lot of GMs rotating in and out and I think I think part of the stability and the success come comes with that now obviously not everybody's gonna GM for you know 25 seasons you know <laughs> but but you know it definitely it definitely helps um, so then now what brings us really together is um, uh, we. Bailey, you started the GM orientation a while back. It kind of, it kind of died down a little bit, and and um, and then here, and, and here we are at season forty-one, and we're you, you, you wanted to revive it. Can you can you talk a little bit about what the GM orientation is and what was the vision behind it when when you you first started it and and what is the goal? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, other stuff really came up and I've had some other stuff. So, you know, uh, my original goal, honestly, was to make a make a team that can help people smoothly transition into being a possible GM or, you know, gathering the knowledge. You know, some people, you know, other maybe in other sim leagues, some people may not be any any sim leagues. There might be their first. And sometimes there is that hesitation to apply based off knowledge and just not knowing anything about you know how how everything functions or how you know worrying that other gms you know know more than they do things like that so the whole goal of this was really to level set everybody's knowledge and and really give um people that wanted to be a gm the 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 chance to do to practice a lot of those things of being a gm um, there's stuff that obviously you'll learn only as being a GM, but you know the ability to practice some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, you know the the first activity that you know uh, 
the module one or week one has is all about contracts. So, you know, there's a team that, you know, there's a copy of the compendium. Um, here's a team. How would you structure the contracts? Like practicing a lot of this stuff and really being able to provide that knowledge, ask questions. I also think there's sometimes some hesitations with newer GMs to ask questions just because they should, maybe they should know that or that's how they feel. And I want to make it that it's completely okay to ask questions, bounce off ideas. We all want to, you know, see that next GM. And obviously we saw that whole, <laughs> that media thread about being a GM. And, you know, we saw kind of the the knowledge gaps that, that were there for some of the newer members or perceptions of people. So I definitely wanted to take that whole conversation and, you know, kind of run with it. How can we improve? How can we, you know, bring that next GM into the fold and have that knowledge in order to jump in and make an impact right away. That was the whole the whole goal of it. That was the whole vision. So, you know, we started with having like an S41 orientation class. Um, I'd really love to do that, you know, continue doing those kind of orientation classes where we have people that want to be EBM, PBE GMs. At some point, I'd love to go to minors eventually, um, because I, obviously there is some definitely some difference between being a majors and a minors GM, uh, different things you have to deal with. So I'd love at some point, but I think that's down the road a little bit. Um, so I'd really love to just level set the knowledge for, for everybody and people can, you know, dive in, practice, learn, um, learn about the league, learn about what their interests are. Maybe they love what they, you know, the GM, or maybe they're, they're like, I don't know that's for me. Like, that's okay. You just practice, you learn, and I think that's, I just want everybody, you know, to have that knowledge that wants to be a GM, to have that preparation without the pressure of actually being a GM, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that is, uh, that is great. Um, uh, it is definitely difficult, like, coming into GM, even regardless, minors or majors, and, and, um, you know, a, a lot of it, you know, when I, I started GMing was, okay, I'm just gonna trial and error and just, yeah. just ask. <laughs> and, and, yeah. but obviously this is a better way of more structural way of like, Hey, we're introducing you to, you know, things that may happen. And these are kind of the, uh, behind the scenes of what happens. Uh, so, so you're not completely foreign to them and then get thrown directly obviously there's only so much that you know there, there's some things that you know can't really be bought on paper but but for the most part i i think this is a great uh thing to have with the modules and, and to kind of go over different things uh with people um uh pm do you have anything to chime in about the gm orientation your thoughts on it so far and and uh what what do you think uh what 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 do you think that you can contribute to helping the people potential GMs. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm just happy to be here. Um, no, no uh, um, it, it, I mean, the GM orientation team was something. Oh, oh the Bailey like that. Uh, the GM orientation thing was something that I was interested in kind of from the start. Um, but then uh, once like Bailey started off the first wave, I kind of got much busier. Um, with my time, uh, with uh, a bunch of things kind of changing uh, in real life for me. Um, but no, no, I mean, yeah, basically from the thread uh, that you mentioned uh, from a week or two ago, you brought up a lot of discussion on this, 
and you know it brought up I think a comment from Bailey basically saying that you know he wanted to try to restart the team orientation team. Um and so I DM'd him saying I'm here to help if you need any help and he invited me to the server. So that, that, that that's kind of the whole story there. Um as to what I think I can bring to the team. Um I, I mean I guess just experience would, would be the most uh, the biggest thing. I, I mean behind Juosu who's been going for 40 seasons, um I, I am the next in line for longest tenured uh GM in the PBE. Yes, it's just under 30 seasons, which is an insane stat that the difference between one and two is 11 seasons. Josu is just on a whole other level there. Yeah, yeah. There's Josu and there's the rest of us. So, <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, experience from just being a GM for so long and you know, being a GM, especially you know through a bunch of different, you know, um, orientations of head office. It's, it's always a thing, the dynamic between head office and GMs. So I've, I've seen how that has changed over time. Um, and, and then as well as, I, I think one of the first things I said when I joined the server was just, you know, if anyone, you know, wants to know the secrets of, you know, Death Valley or, you know, wants to, you know, be shown the resources and, you know, the spreadsheets that I use, all they have to do is ask, which I mean goes for, uh, you know, anyone that's in the server or, or anyone that listens to this. If you want to know how we do something or kind of what you know, tools we use, just ask, and I'll be more than happy to show it. Yeah, I think we'll future podcasts we're going to touch base on on tools and spreadsheets and and other things to kind of help as well. Uh, like I said, I want to focus on different topics, um, but that can kind of brings us into uh uh now uh with the gm orientation there are uh, various modules i i think uh how many were there there was like uh, five. five five right now so yeah. so uh we, we're gonna talk about part of the first one the, and and we're gonna focus mainly today about contracts um obviously this is a big thing uh with you know like uh obviously it's a big thing you know like like the contracts you know everybody every player gets paid and 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 team uh, salary caps and and all that so it's very important to to kind of get an understanding of it uh so so it is a great it's a great topic to start off with uh for major gms to to kind of understand uh all of it um so so now I kind of broken this into the first section that we have is uh, rookie contracts or initial contracts, as some call it. And, and uh, there's a concept of rookie exception deals, and we could talk about a little bit about that. Um, and um, so, so Bailey, we, we're going to use your most recent um, draft class here. Yeah. Uh, season 40. And you guys had uh, one, two, three, four, five, five picks. Uh, and so, um, so the first question I have is, uh, uh, do my explaining a little bit about, um, what are the rules behind the rookie contracts? It's usually very straightforward. And are there a time and, and what is your philosophy on, on the length of that rookie contract? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. Honestly, there's it really depends on where the team is at at the time too. So for rookie contracts, it's two or three 
guaranteed years and then one option year. Um, so the option year can be a mutual contract or mutual options can be a team option, player option. Um, basically, I think more often than not, usually to do a mutual option, I think that's just, you know, it kind of allows us to work with the player and, and deciding, you know, what's best for whether, you know, we restructure the contract or what we decide to do from there. Um, and then the rookie exception I think it's a long, it's a long joke now. I think um, OBX never passes. It's, it gives that you know we 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 draft every available person that we possibly can, <laughs> uh, um, and basically that rookie exception deal is something that if a player has under 150 TPE at the time of the draft, you can sign them to a one-year deal. The first year of a deal is always covered by the miners if it's under so five mil is the first contract it's covered by the miners if it's five mil or under so one year deal well can you explain what cover by miners means in in our in this case absolutely yeah so basically there's no cost to the majors team so if you give that so the first year of a, a rookie contract as long as the player is in the miners for that season uh, there's no cost if it's five. The first year of the contract is five mil or below. If you call that person up, that automatically goes against your cap. Or if you plan on calling them up, then it'll go against your cap. But if they're planning on being sent down in the first season and they have a five mil contract or below, there's no cost to the majors. So for the rookie exception deal, there's really no risk to it um, as long as they have 150 TP or below. And then if they are an active person and they, you know, start updating or if you want to extend them, you could extend them based off the rookie deal at the contract tier that they are. So for all rookie deals, it's based off what round they are drafted in on how much their yearly average is. So for first rounds, it's three mil and so on. So if you take a, you know, person with that rookie exception deal, in the fourth round, and they're under 150 TPE. That first contract, as you can, if you look at any of our recent ones, will just be the one year. If we did decide to extend that person after, it would just be based off that rookie contract deal. So, for instance, we one of the players that we drafted this year actually has a job in the casino. He's been starting to update. I think he has like over 200 TPE now. Like. Just taking someone that was just, you know, whether it was not sure how to update or whatever it is, you know, we try to get them in the locker room. I, I actually send them their draft card, like, just to kind of see if there's anything we can do to help and, you know, get them familiar with the league and getting to update. So from an OBX standpoint, my philosophy on rookie exception deals, why we never pass is, you know, if there's anything we can do to bring that person back to being active or you know, contributing or enjoying the league, I'm going to try everything I can. So there's no risk to doing that. And then regarding, you know, length of contract, whether it's two or three years, definitely depends on kind of where the team is. A lot of it's going to go back to the budgeting, which we'll talk about, um, you know, and then that final year, the mutual option. But I'd love to hear from you, both you, you know, and, and PM, if you have other philosophies of, of the two versus three years, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I, I think in, in the past I have done, uh, I, I generally for like the first 
in second round, I, I, I have done mostly uh, three years. Um, I, I think in the past, it, different different uh, rules, uh, it might make more sense to do a shorter one and then you want to extend them faster uh, to because it will be a more team friendly uh, contract. I don't know if that works as well now with the newer rules. Um, I mean, it does in, 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 in the years that you, you have them, but I, I, I'm not sure if I would want to deal with, um, the, the, the contract, the second, the, the second contract potentially ending like right before their, their regression and, and, and then their veteran contract, which we could talk about some other time because we're kind of diving into a, a little bit of a rabbit hole, um, might, might be costing too much, but generally I have done three seasons unless they're, um, it kind of depends on what I think their rate of earning is and, and, and so forth. Um, but that, that was just, but that's just been my experience for the last X amount of seasons. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that, uh, like the philosophy for death Valley has always been, uh, that we let the player choose what their contract looks like. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of times, you know, whether they're a new player or a recreate, they'll just say, I don't really care, you, mm -hmm. you know, give me whatever you think is best. Uh, and, and in those cases, usually, and, and, and you know, kind of like Enoch was saying, I don't think I've uh, done the math completely with the new contracts, with the new TPE mins, but, but usually like the most uh, team-friendly type of contract would be um, the three seasons plus the option, the four seasons total at the TPE then um, each of our first rounder that goes, you have five mil that's covered by the minors, so it doesn't count against the majors cap, and three years of three mil. Um, yeah, I think usually that that's most team friendly with the new uh, TPE uh, men's. Uh, maybe there's a reason to do it for less time, uh, but for the most part, I think longer on the rookie contract uh, is better just because you're getting them at a really, really cheap rate. Um, you know, especially if they're a recreate and they can afford to not yeah. get paid as much. It's really nice. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, usually we leave it up to the player. Um, for new players to league, um, you know, I'll kind of ask them if they have, you know, the, the rookie contract rules are, if they say no, I'll kind of go through it with them, you know, kind of step by step. You know, so uh, just explain that, you know, uh, what you're getting paid is going to end up being the TPE minimum, um, just because we never really have extra cap uh, with how we plan things out. Um, but then you know, I explained that it could be a total of three or four seasons. You know, it's up to you. you, you and then they'll select one of those, or you'll know, ask questions on to you know, you know, why one would be different than the other. You know, one, you know, which one would be better for them, which one would be better for the team, or you know, or anything else. Uh, and then I explain what all the the options mm -hmm. do and ask them which one they want to have. Usually, again, they say I don't really care, <laughs> and I'll just. And then my mm -hmm. default is a mutual option, yeah. which gives you know, both both the team and the player the ability to opt out and to end the contract mm -hmm. in, at that season. Um, for me, is the default unless they say mm -hmm. I want player option, or you know, I, I, I've, had, I've had some people say, "Give me a team option. I trust you guys." <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I never really understood <laughs> that one, but but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, but either way, um, you know that that option uh, falls into the last season. Uh, you can only have one option in that rookie contract. It falls into the last season 
uh, of of the uh, contract itself, so whether it be the the, the two year or three year, um, because uh, uh, so 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 because that that was uh, because um, I, I brought that up because uh, if you look at uh, UBX's uh, last class of signing uh, for a first round, you guys drafted Rugsy, and that is a uh, uh, five mil, three, three, three. The three comes from uh, is the min for depending on the round that they're drafted in. So the three mil is for first round. So now uh, the second round is two mil, which is what uh, hospital socks was uh, is at. Um, but that is a five two two deal. And I was just wondering, uh, was there any any uh, uh, logic? To why it wasn't five two 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 or or just uh, or or just what what it was discussed or, or something like that I you know that that's obviously the dark to, to Bailey <laughs> yeah 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 I mean so when we were just looking at our contracts I think we're gonna have a lot more cap for that year oh I like to some sometimes I like to like uh, stagger the deals. Um, in order for what I know we'll have for cap. That one, I was like, okay, I know we're going to have a lot more cap. We have a lot of players that are you know, getting a little bit older on the team right now. So I wanted to stagger it um, in the fact that we have, um, there are a lot of deals that we have upcoming as well for rookie contracts that we have to renew pretty soon. So when I was just looking at that one season, I was like, okay, this, this season, take that opportunity to restructure that contract, um, basically, towards the end. So Because I know we're going to have cap. So I know PM mentioned a lot about utilizing resources um, and making sure if we use all available cap. And I knew that year we're going to have a little bit extra. So I wanted to you know, kind of have that a little bit shorter so we can use the, the money or resources that we have available to extend that person extend two socks before um, and then kind of stagger that way we can look at that the front loading which we'll talk a little bit more about how to structure the contract so it's not all hitting in one year essentially that was the kind of the thought behind it hmm. okay uh, that that's a very good point like you know a, a, fl a flexibility with with uh, future cap and and stuff um we'll, we'll go over that a little bit later um uh now after the rookie contract is done whichever whatever the year may be um now uh it comes the extensions or slash if the person chooses to leave free agency is a new contract with another team logic still the same uh so um uh i'm gonna bring up uh let me see. Well, the last longer. Ex oh, okay. So, so one of the extensions that OBX did more recently is with Mason Williams, symmetric. Uh, that is a uh, season forty-one with seven mil. So it's season forty-two, six point five. Season forty-three, five. So this is um, this is front-loaded. Um, I guess I guess we could start with logic of the extension or the second second uh, uh, contract. Like, what are the general rules behind it, and what would people expect as a contract after 
after their rookie contract. I guess we could kind of start out with that. Um, and yeah, I guess anybody could take that. <laughs> yeah, I can take it quickly. I know PM was talking a little bit about uh, in the orientation chat a little bit more. So, you know, I'd love to hear from him as well. But for for, uh, for Symmetric, his deal, um, honestly, we, we do a lot what PM mentioned about what their plan is and and uh, and what what we're looking at too. So I'm usually very upfront with like, hey, this is what the team's gonna look like here. Like, this is our plan. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna look like. And Symmetric said, like, I'd love a three-year deal. Then we can revisit and go from there. So, you know, happy to do that. Happy mm -hmm. to still have it. And and it really, you know, bounced the ideas off that. And then, you know, just kind of looking where we're going, where we're mm -hmm. at. Like, we're, you know, we're gonna start retooling a little bit so you know he wanted a little bit of flexibility there but we're you know we're still going to be looking to to win that season so you know when it comes up we'll have that same conversation and be up front <laughs> like i don't want to blindside anybody for something that we don't expect and and cause that a little bit so we're super up front with our with everybody <laughs> on what the team's going to look like in future seasons so that's what that came up um you know the any subsequent contract can be up to eight seasons Mm -hmm. um so you can do anywhere from one season to eight seasons so that's something to definitely discuss with um you know the players and when you're having that conversation just you know, talk a little bit of what they're what they're looking for is it money is there you know a new trade class like there's so much ability for players um and i think it is important sort of on a gm to have that conversation too mm -hmm. like sometimes you're like uh like i don't know like that's can be you know not weird but i, I like to inform every one of players like every option that they have or any possible clause that they have just so they know everything you know going into to a contract signing like mm -hmm. you know, i think that's important too uh yeah generally pm do you have any uh kind of uh, insight or advice for gms what to look for or what they should do to figure out that that second contract for the for the for the player it Yes, so I, I have a shorter answer and a little bit of a longer answer <laughs> uh, that, I'll, that I'll go through. The shorter answer is basically what Bailey just said, is you ask the user what they want to do. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, so, you know I mean, sometimes and you hope that you know, most times they want to extend. Um, and if you do, then you can work with them on you know, how many seasons they want, if they have a preference, um, if they want any options or any other types of clauses like a new trade clause or if they want to a tamper clause so they use so other teams can reach out to them mm -hmm. um, at any point or you know, uh, to be honest most of the people that ask for a tamper clause is mainly just so that they can talk with friends and, and joke with people mm -hmm. <laughs> about uh, leaving or yeah. you know, joining other, you know, having other people join them you know, that, that sort of deal um yeah, I mean, the short answer is just, you know, ask what the user wants, and then, you know, depending on the user and, you know, both um, of, you know, how well does that user fit in, in your locker room, you know, how well are they earning, you kind of take what they ideally want and you know, see if that makes sense to the team. And I think most of the times uh, it does, or you know, it doesn't really matter um what they want will work out for your plans uh, but there are sometimes you know that you know a regressing player or maybe someone that we're getting in free agency wants to be on the team for longer than we you know, would have planned for them to be 
And so you know, if they say something like that, then yeah, you, you have to have a little bit of an uncomfortable uh, conversation, basically just saying, uh, you know, we're really looking for someone to fill this position, to fill the spot for these amount of seasons, you know, at around this, you know, contract, you know, the salary rate, rate, and just see if you know, they're okay with that. Um, so, so that's that's the shorter version. The longer uh, version, is specifically about the, uh, the second contracts, um, is that you know if the the user you know doesn't really have any preferences, they're fine with any length, you know, they're fine with you know, any options, any clauses, you know, whatever. Um, th then, then I mean, the factors that you're going to be thinking about are, you know, how much is that user earning per season? Because how uh, our contracts work is that you, the first season of the contract or of the extension, uh, the minimum salary that you have to pay them is whatever their current TPE is at. Um, and then for every season after that, up until they start regressing, you add 100... 150 TPE. Uh, so, for example, if a player uh, that you're looking to extend is at 750 TPE, the first season of their contract extension would be at the 700 to 800 TPE or 700 to 799 TPE uh, minimum, which is probably something like 5.75 mil uh, with the new uh, rates now. But then the second season of the contract, you take the 750 that they're currently at, add 150 to get 900, and mm -hmm. so the second season of the contract has to be at the nine at the 900 to 999 uh, TPE minimum. So, so the very first thing that you can think about with that user, uh, based on you know their first uh, three or four seasons with the team, since you know that's the length of the rookie contract, is are they earning on average more than 150 TPE? <laughs> Uh, if the answer is yes, then it really does not matter how long you want to extend them for, because they'll always uh, be providing you know enough you know TPE value, I guess, uh, to kind of keep up with what you're going to be paying them. Uh, so, so, so that's the first thing to think about is just how much are they earning, and if if they're under that amount, you know, then it's not necessarily that you're only going to ever sign them to once in contracts and try to get them as cheap as possible. It's just that you know it's a, an eight season deal, maybe you're only really looking to go for a five-season deal or a four-season deal. Or if you do a longer contract, maybe you want to add in some team or mutual options just in case you know, they don't keep up their earning well enough. And you know, if you need the extra cap in a future season, you can always ask them if it's okay to restructure the contract to make it a little bit more team-friendly uh, down the line. Uh, it's something that we do. Um, and then the other thing I'll quickly talk about uh, in terms of things to consider on length, as well as uh, if you want to add in options into the contract extension, is are you front-loading the contract? And so front-loading is basically when um, you, it, 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 so, so it, in a contract, you're paying more than the TPE minimum is. Uh, so so, so it, it, yes, in my example before, let's say the first season of, uh, of the extension is supposed to be 5.75 million. Uh, something that you're able to do in front loading is you can pay more. So let's say you pay that player uh, 11 million. So you're going um, 5.25 million over what their first season minimum is. So you pay them more in the first season, and then in subsequent seasons, you can uh, pay under the TP minimum up to you know, the same amount that you, you front loaded in the first season or in whichever season you do it.
Um, and so the amount that you're able to front load in our rules is uh, basically, to put it more simply, is you take the average amount per season that the player is being paid throughout the length of the contract, and you add you know 25% to that. So it's 1.25 times the average amount that the payment is. That, that's the maximum you can go up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so, 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 so the first thing. And then um, the, kind of the second part of this is just if you have an option in the contract, the way that it's looked at is that any season with a contract and, and any season after the contract is not guaranteed since there's the option um, to opt out. Um, so one thing to consider, or that I consider, uh, especially when we different load, is what will the uh, maximum, what, what will be the maximum amount that we can front load, usually in the first season or two, if the contract is five seasons or seven seasons or eight seasons. So right now for us, um, either today or tomorrow, I'm going to be posting the contract extension for Ryan Stryker Jr. And in his contract, if I'm only guaranteeing seven seasons, then the most I'm able to front load is something like, let's say, 11 and a half million. Around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But if I guarantee eight full seasons, the amount goes up to 12 million. And for the for the position that we're in right now, being able to front load that 500K more is really, really helpful. Because uh, mm-hmm. we're in a position where... Uh, a lot of our players are kind of getting to their TPE maximums, and they're getting really expensive. <laughs> uh, so, so any amount, whether it's you know 500k or two million, any amount that we're able to front load in one season to then save in a subsequent season really helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for Riser Junior, uh, most likely we will assign uh, him to a full eight season contract with no options, because again, if we had an option, let's say in the fifth season then I wouldn't be able to front load uh, the same amount. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of the biggest one, at least right now, uh, mm-hmm. for us is, you know, wanting to have long contracts to be able to front load more and not having options in there. Um, and, and for someone like Ryan Circus Jr., we are perfectly comfortable doing that because he he's now on his third player, I think, and he's been a max earner for every single one. So so we think there's very little risk uh, for him to you know suddenly drop off because that's the risk of these contracts is that mm-hmm. you know, even if someone's doing really well now and you guarantee eight full seasons, if something happens in real life and you know, they stop earning, well, then you're, you yeah, still have to pay stopped. them. <laughs> you, you still have to pay them unless they retire. And mm-hmm. you know, not everyone uh, you know, wants to retire. You, you, they come back. Um, so yeah, so that would be the only other thing to consider is that how much are they earning? You know, even if they're at 100 and they're earning 160 TPE, so they're over, you, you know, the 150 TPE threshold uh, to you'd be able to kind of post however long contract you want to. Maybe for that player, we think there's a little bit of a risk of them falling off in activity at some point, or you know, maybe they've said to us, you know, that you know, they're about to start a new semester at school or, or something, you know, and they don't know if they're going to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, for them, even if we, we may still um, you know, sign them to an eight-season contract, but for them, maybe in the fourth or fifth season, we'll have an option just in case, you know, it gets to that point and, you know, they've left the league or have, mm-hmm. you know, have had something else go on. That's good. It's a good point. It actually kind of uh, touched on one of the questions that that we received was um, uh, 
what is your strategy on managing your team's budget? Because obviously there's uh, in, in all these uh, contracts and even, you know, uh, uh, the one that uh, there's another one that I, I have of OBX extensions from last year when they extended uh, a bunch of their players from the S31 or S32 class around around that period. Um, uh, this includes uh, Cole Kim, uh, Ayugo a. Adolf, and uh, Stanet Oswaje. Uh, <clears throat> you could see if, if if you dig back into it, you could see like there are numbers kind of all over the place, <laughs> and, and there's yeah you know, there there's there's there is logic in the madness, and ultimately is front loading. But at the same time, um, the numbers I would assume, and Bailey, correct me if I'm wrong, the the numbers uh, is not straight. You know, like 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 for 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 gold, like it was 10 mil, then 13 mil, then 8 mil, then 5 mil. I would assume that it is due to future planning of the budget of the team and understanding how much uh, you know what you can afford and then you're just tr playing around with the numbers to kind of fit that all in is that correct yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what it is it's it's kind of goes back to the before too i was mentioning staggering like kind of staggering that mm -hmm. that pay i mean you look at you know um you know, Asui is getting eight mil in thirty uh, season thirty-eight. Hamish is getting five mil. Cole Kim's, you know, six mil. You know, and then you have Ohei Shotani getting eight point two five mil. Like, it's it's all kind of staggering that that pay in order that we can yeah make sure that we're spending all the resources we can, but not over budgeting or giving space still to make other moves. So. Um, we, I, I, I feel like I spend so many times trying to figure out what, what makes sense for contracts. Um, and this one, this was a lot of, this is really challenging to plan out this many contracts at once. Um, can be super challenging or super, you could do it, you know, a billion different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but this one, when we were looking at it, trying to plan out long-term extensions for six players, Definitely looking to stagger them so that way we're paying people more in certain seasons, less in other seasons, in which we're paying more to others. So mm -hmm. it's I would love to do kind of like front load all of them, um, you know, all at once. This one didn't mm -hmm. work because we had a, a large draft class, uh, which is I think most of these is from the same draft class. So or it's, they're uh, resigning about the same time. So that was the whole thing is trying to structure it so that mm -hmm. way. You pay more, so you know, say pay some people and in, in more in some seasons and then pay you know, less in those seasons to kind of balance out um, that eight, seven, six year contract. So that comes back to the budgeting, making sure to, to crunch those numbers, you know, uh, being able to plan ahead, plan ahead for those, you know, eight seasons. You and PM talked about kind of the math around an eight season versus seven season, knowing those mm -hmm. numbers, planning it out, working with the player for what makes sense for them as well. You know, it's, it goes back to being incredibly important to be budgeting. So you don't run into a time where you go over the cap or you, <laughs> there's things that come up that you don't expect going back to our mm -hmm. waypoint earlier, you know, giving the flexibility there to be able to plan um, around the finances. I think this is really what sets people apart and gming mm -hmm. um 
so let me see so uh another question that was kind of brought up uh was you now we talk we, we say extensions and i did mention before that you know after any contract really uh, this uh, player has every right to walk away for whatever reason they, they you know and how do you guys deal with free agency like uh a player that is on the fence of resigning or when you reach out if you want set player oh okay i guess i guess i guess two two things here is it's like like um how do you plan from someone who is unsure if they really want to resign and then the other factor is during the off season when free agency happens you know what is how do you guys how do you plan around that if there is any planning <laughs> from a contract standpoint budgeting i guess we could focus on that i guess i can start for this one uh, so, so in terms of how to kind of deal with someone that is unsure about resigning with your own team um i, I mean I, I don't really know if there's a ton uh to really do about that mm-hmm. like you, you, you know like I, mean, I think the important thing uh throughout you know your scouting and throughout you know discussing the rookie contracts and you know then coming up to now with contract extensions you know whether or you know whether or you know not they, they they're going to happen. You know, I mean, the big thing to do as a GM is really just communicate with your players mm-hmm. and understand what they want. Um, you know, I think for the most parts, you know, if you had you know communicated with them and you and through scouting and through everything, and you really thought that they wanted to resign, and then all of a sudden they don't. Uh, there's usually a reason for that. Is you know, the reason isn't usually that you know they kind of a big change of hearts out of nowhere. You know, there's usually something kind of mm-hmm. behind it, um, which you, you know I think for the most part you just have to kind of take as a learning lesson as a GM and mm-hmm. try to figure out kind of you know, why you know, they may feel differently. You know, you know maybe they had a fight with someone in the locker room. You know maybe you know, you know something else happened. Um, or you know maybe they just aren't really enjoying their time <clears throat> with your team, which which does happen. You know, I mean, I mean not every user that, that you draft or every user that you bring onto the team is going to you know enjoy it as much as you do or enjoy it as much as you know other people in your server. It it just happens, and I think the biggest thing you know in terms of dealing with players that and users that leave your team uh, is just kind of realizing that. You know, like this is a sim league, and it's supposed to be fun. And you know, it definitely sucks to have to change your plans, and it, it sucks to lose a, a really good user. But if that user isn't having, you know, their best experience in the PVE on your team, then I think it's your responsibility as a GM mm-hmm. to un, to to one understand that, mm-hmm. and to kind of accept it, uh, whether or not you like it, just to accept it because. At the end of the day, it's about their experience in the league, uh, and then, and then two, I think it's your responsibility as a GM to help them, you know, get to that next destination, and, and you know that could be either that, you know, they say trade me, um, which can happen if you know, if a player wants to leave you know, in free agency, they can ask you to put them on the block, basically, so they can start their free agent talks early, or mm-hmm. you know, to try to find a trade to try to get you know, your team something for them um which happens or if you know if not you know i mean 
uh, I've had times where, you know, I've had players that have said they're going to leave, uh, just kind of ask me about other teams and, you know, my thoughts on them, you know, both in terms of, you know, the GMs, uh, you know, what I thought about them and in terms of, you know, like how their team is structured, you, you, you know, like, do I think they're going to be competitive in the next three seasons, you, you know, like, have I heard any good or bad things about their locker room, you know, those types of things. Um, and it, yeah, so in terms of the players, it's, it's a part of the job. It's a part of running the team. Um, but yeah, uh, I think you just got to kind of help that user get to their next destination in, in any way. And then, I mean, it, it, it can really depend for like how you plan for your own team, because sometimes you know this, you know, from scouting, where right? there are some uh, users that say in scouting, you know, I want to test free agency and, you know, if you draft them, that's a risk. That's a risk mm-hmm. that you know. I mean, I've had I've had players, you know, that have basically said that, like, you know, I will leave your team in free agency if you know I don't see progress or if I don't understand mm-hmm. what trajectory the team is going. I mean, that happens. I think fairly frequently. Yeah. Um, especially with with recreates that kind of you know have maybe they spent their entire career on more of a rebuilding team and they don't want to be stuck in a position like that again you know, from their perspective um so, so yeah, yeah there's chances to kind of learn this in uh scouting you know as well as you know, you know maybe a few weeks before you would be able to extend the player and reach out to try and learn uh, what they want to do uh, and, and i do think that most of the time you know, if a player is going to leave your team they're is some warning or there's some time to prepare and you know that preparation could just be well i guess we have to take a look at you know what free agent options are going to be coming up uh to replace this player with um you know, you know who can we try to trade for you, you, then you start reaching out to teams to try to trade for players um and, and you kind of do what you are able to do and then in situations where a player leaves really unexpectedly um, and I don't think that happens very often. Um, I, I, again, it's, you kind of have to deal with it, deal with that blow, and you know you immediately start to look at again trade options or free agent options. Um, you know, I mean, if I know I'm going to have an, an open roster position heading into you know uh, the off season, I will have the opt out um, thread that gets posted, you know, open on my computer the entire you know every you know every <laughs> hour of the day and i'll refresh it every half an hour or something and you know, as soon as i see someone say that they're opting out in a position that we could use just follow a thread and you get the alert i, 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 I am in the dms no that, that's that, that's too much for me <laughs> <laughs> i i have done that it was it was, it was it was a little too much i was just like oh okay yeah, yeah. That, that was not smart <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, for some players, I like I do take a little bit of pride uh, for being the first team to reach out to them, and you know, not that that gives us you know like ten times more likely you know to to get it really doesn't, um, but yeah, it, it, it is something that you know I, I think show is a positive thing to show that other it, players it, are it, like, it, hey, it I'm is, interested. Yeah, yeah it, it is, and I, I think. Uh, I, I think that that's a good tip for all the GMs is that those those threads, you know, like I'm not saying, you know, you, you know, like a, you know, whenever it goes up and then you got to like, you know, keep an eye on it 24 seven. But, you know, you do keep an eye on it because, you know, like like you, we have that playoff week to to talk to potential free those those opt out people. 
and I think, you know, like for your sanity, you know, like you definitely want to, you don't want to wait around to the last minute. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how people do it if they just procrastinate because it's just so much, you know, don't forget, you know, like, you know, like you, we're drafting, we're doing other things. Off season is insane, you know? So, um, so, the, uh, yeah, that, that's something to, you know, like, uh, and also the other note for how to deal with free agency, uh, keep an eye out on, on compendium itself, uh, compendium, there's an upcoming free agents, uh, tab, uh, now it, it gets a little wonky because people may resign over the season and, and so you kind of keep track of that a little bit, but, but generally you get an idea of like, well, what is available and, and, you know, how do you plan around it? Um, and, you know, use the compendium, you know, to look at player options and, and all that, you know, and see who potentially may or may not, you know, nothing happens, nothing happens, but, you know, uh, you got to kind of have to be prepared for that. Now, I, I personally, I, I've kind of, I personally uh, don't like to really rely on free agency that much. I found it very unreliable. <laughs> um, so, so uh, it, I, I, I personally wouldn't want to try to build a team and, and, and try to hinge too much on, on getting free agents as the way to do it. Um, but, but yeah, uh, um, that's tough. It's, it, it is tough because you're competing with every other team yeah. and it's tough to bank on, right? Like, that's yeah. the thing is like, it's, well, you, you can't it's, bank on it. And it's like, exactly. well, you're only going to sign one team. There's like four teams after them. So somebody's losing out on that. And, right. and what happens when you lose out on that? That, that's really, you know, um, and this is where that pivoting comes in. It's like uh, the, the, how to deal with free agency is really having a plan A through E on like what happens. You know, like you you're not guaranteed to sign with someone. You know, they they may think they have a better shot, or they just have more friends on the other team. There's nothing you can do about right. that. You know, it's some most of the time it's just go. Oh, I know more people over there. You literally nothing you can do. Like, like some people will sign with bad teams because they have more friends over there. You know, like, and right. it's like okay, you know, hey, but that's their experience and that's their prerogative. Um. Uh. I. Uh. Well, that's all. Well, there, there's another section, but I realize I'm I'm running out of time because I'm we're recording this in the middle of the day, and for me this is my lunch break. <laughs> so so um I'm gonna end it here. I'm gonna probably. Uh, with the next GMs, I, I think you know I, I'll throw some of this stuff in as well, and and kind of focus on on the next episode. But uh, and I would love to have you guys back again to kind of talk more on different module or different topics uh, as segments and and stuff because I I think like it's you know like like we mentioned you know twenty four seasons for you Bailey third you know twenty nine seasons for PM that 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 experience that there's no there's no substitute for that because you're going to make your mistakes. You're going to go up. It's, you know, you may, you're going to make your mistakes and you realize, Oh, okay. I should have done this better. And that all that, that comes with experience. So, so I think, you know, that's something that I've learned really quick is that you learn from it. Don't worry about making the mistakes because it will happen. The question is how do you come out on the other side from those mistakes? And, and that, that's, you know, um, but uh, thank you guys for joining us, uh, joining me uh, to talk about uh, some of this stuff. And hopefully we shed some light into how the GM and how the back end process of this. And uh, hopefully, um, uh, hopefully, hopefully more people will, will, will venture into this. But I, I personally love to see more people dive in and wanting to learn more. 
uh, and and hopefully uh, this GM orientation can really really help. So, so thank you guys. Thank you for hosting it, and that was this was awesome. Great conversation. I appreciate everybody. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so so yeah. So this is episode one. Uh, I don't know when episode two will come out. I don't even know who on that will planning it as we go. But thank you for anyone who's listening. If you guys have any questions you want to you know about what we have talked about, because obviously we could go into it so much deeper. You know, feel free to DM us. You know, we're happy to kind of explain thoughts and, and logic or, or philosophies on, on, on how this is done, you know, and, and, and it's not a one size fit all. That's the brilliant, that, that's the beauty of it, you know, and, and, and um, so thank you, everybody, and uh, have yourself a great day, week, night, whatever, whenever you're listening. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.